Today's episode is brought to you by my agency, aloa.agency. That's A-L-O-A dot agency, a digital agency that focuses on all things related to digital marketing and digital product building, from software development to web design to coding to 3D design, industrial design, 3D video, animation, social media management, SEO, ads management, analytics, basically anything a digital brand needs to thrive and survive in this tough climate, we do. For more information, check out aloa.agency. That's aloa.agency. And spoiler, this entire intro was written by ChatGPT4. No, I'm just kidding, but isn't everybody saying that right now? Hi, I'm Ramiro Velasco, and I beat the often path by never taking anything too seriously in a very serious world. In today's episode, we're going to talk on some concepts that are related to blue oceans and red oceans, a concept talked about in that book called Blue Ocean Strategy by Rene Moborn and W. Chan Kim. Broadly speaking, a blue ocean is uncontested market space, something that no one else is really doing, making it easier to succeed in those waters. Think Cirque du Soleil when they first started. Compare that with a red ocean or a super saturated market in which you're unlikely to succeed, like me selling you my NFTs of my head spliced onto Ryan Reynolds' body for the low, low price of just two Ethereum. Joining us today is Ramiro Velasco, president and co-founder of GoAvance, a company that specializes in Amazon e-commerce, but with a twist, they operate specifically in Latin America. Now, the reason that I wanted to do this show is because we tend to think of only opportunity as being something in the country that we live in or are born in, but perhaps if certain techniques no longer work in your own country, the blue ocean is applying similar ideas to a different market, in this case, Mexico, which as we know is such an up-and-coming market. I try to expand your ideas of what's possible with this show, and maybe moving to Mexico and setting up shop there is exactly what you should do to find your own uncharted waters. We'll talk today about practical tips for selling on Amazon in any country and also some general trends in marketing and e-commerce. Now, this is especially relevant if you've ever wanted to sell something online or if you've listened to any guru who's told you that you can easily make money selling Amazon stuff. So here right now is Ramiro Velasco. I'm Ross Palmer, and this is Beat the Often Path. Welcome to the show, Ramiro. So glad to have you here. Um, I think I have a question for you that's on every single person's mind. It's on my mind. How can I have money come into my bank account every single month without doing anything? I don't want to build anything. I don't want to make anything. I just want money to automatically come into my bank account. Go. Uh, I mean, I think start with money. <laughs> right? Capital Dang begets it. capital. I knew yeah, there yeah. was a piece of this that I was missing. <laughs> ah, oh, that's always um, the toughest thing, isn't it? It's well, always... it's been nice talking to you. And with that, the episode is over. Um, <laughs> no, no, but let's no, talk no. about, you've made success in Amazon, this big, scary yes. platform. And uh, sometimes people see it as a get-rich-quick scheme. Some other business owners see it as a very scary, competitive, immoral, unethical behemoth. You probably are somewhere in between those two extremes. You've worked very well with it. So, yeah, where do you stand? What is oh the my opportunity God, I stand, in I'll tell you what. I stand on both sides. Um, sure. As a very uh, idealistic person, it's very weird to find myself on Amazon 24-7. You know, it's like I know that I'm working with the enemy, quote unquote. You know, I know that I'm <laughs> that I'm perpetrating bad on the world. And it's not, you know, it's not where I want to be, but it just happened that I got really good at it. You know, um, Amazon was a get rich quick scheme. It absolutely was. Uh, and just like with anything in life, 
the the reputation sort of stays and there's still people to this day saying this is how i got rich drop shipping it's like right, yeah, you did it in 40 grand a month yeah doing nothing yeah and it's like yeah you did it in 2017 dude like yeah. good job but that you know the the niche markets is is gone and i mean the thing with amazon is you have incredibly skilled sellers doing things that you wouldn't think of you know and there's people here like uh, agonizing over every single percentage of conversion rate and every single sure. you know like 10 more people viewing your listing so if anyone's telling you like oh bro all you got to do is go on and chuck up your listings and like nah like that's that's not the case anymore it really 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 isn't um so where where what do i think of amazon i think i'm um, if i can digress if i if i can sort of uh that's the whole point of the show yeah you yeah can do whatever I, you want if i can go all over the place um uh, if, there, there's inefficient markets out there. I, I'm a big fan of inefficient markets. I made a living trading crypto in 2017, which was a. I'm not proud of that either. Jesus, can Ooh. I do something good in my life? You dirty dog! Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I've just. I need. What are we doing? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh my god. Just putting it this way, I'm not too happy with my choices. Um, but it was because it was an inefficient, inefficient market where you were making 15, 20 percent, just very easy gains uh, both ways. You know. Amazon was a very inefficient market. Amazon was this place where you could put up a garlic crusher, get 18,000 reviews and and have it go crazy. The, the, these inefficiencies get uh, uh, filled up. These inefficiencies, people notice the, the opportunity and they jump in. Yeah. So keep looking for inefficiencies, whether it be in a niche, whether it be in a different country, which is what I'm doing, um, whether it be, you know, different manufacturing, Find ways to be smart and, and innovative and interesting and things that you care about. Because um, otherwise, man, Amazon sucks. Mm. <laughs> it's already not, you know, it's already not something fun to dedicate your life to. If you're on top of that, making it very difficult for yourself, you're not going to have a good time. And this is a big yeah. thing of my belief, right? Don't do anything that you're not having a good time with mm. um, and expect it. Expect yourself to put out the results you need. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's always the adage, right? It's like, if people were still making so much easy money on Amazon, then why are they still selling you a course today about how to make easy money on Amazon? If they were really yes. killing it on Amazon, wouldn't they still be killing it on Amazon versus trying to sell you a course for $2,000? That's the yes. fundamental thing. You know, you have to wonder anytime somebody makes that transition, every time I see that as a marketer myself, I recognize, okay, you clearly left that behind and there's a reason that you left it behind. Because if you found your own private tunnel of gold, you're not going to go advertising that sharing. to the rest of the world of yeah you're, you're just gonna sharing. grab that gold and only when there's no gold in that tunnel anymore then you're gonna say here's how i got so much gold from that tunnel seriously um, oh that's it's also an age-old adage in trading where it's like hey people that are trading and making money off this don't need to sell you courses or paid groups like trust me right. those people don't need more money <laughs> right and it's like if, oh if, if you're not sure who the sucker is in a room it's probably, it's probably you it's probably you and you know what if, as someone that know, is yeah. a perpetual sucker in the room yeah. Uh, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same. I mean, I've been on that, like I invested in Ethereum way back. My brother's in the fine, uh, financial technology sector and he's like, you yeah. got to have some Ethereum. So I bought, I don't know, $2,000 worth, not very much. And then it just went to like $200. So I was like, oh, that yeah. was great, buddy. Like, thanks for the advice. Oh. <laughs> you really helped oh, me out there. It was just like a super fast way to lose my money. Um, and then I didn't really invest so much in crypto after that anymore, but, uh, 
Oh, I know. Um, I used to I used to uh, buy Bitcoin back when it was like one hundred fifty dollars, but oh not because I wanted to. Like not because I was trading. I was. Oh my god, these are just all the things that I've done wrong in my life. I used to gamble with it, on you know like not good gambling sites because it's the only place where I could bet on esports games, which okay. is what I was good at. So I was buying Bitcoin to bet on esports games, and mm. honestly, if I had just forgotten to cash out and just left the Bitcoin there would have been worth infinitely just more. Just a couple Bitcoin that you forgot in a wallet somewhere. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I remember I once made like four Bitcoin off a weekend like a parlay on StarCraft. Oh. And I'm like, man, <laughs> th that would have been great to just have right now instead of losing it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be a very inspiring episode. I can tell um, people are hitting oh, no. the back button currently, uh, <laughs> and they're they're, they're yellowing out of here right now. Um, but anyway, <laughs> no, no, like, let's get uh, positive. So, let's get positive. Yeah. How do we find opportunity? Right? Like, well, let's like. Yeah, I, I think the moral of the story is opportunity is always changing, right? Oh and what was an opportunity in 1999 wasn't an opportunity in 2007. And, you know, as these as the Internet grows, as technology grows, now AI is the next big thing on the horizon. What is the arbitrage? What is the inefficiency to get us here? And I think you have lived that. Um, one of the things I want to say about Amazon or one of the reasons. So I have had clients because I do e-commerce for clients yeah. and yeah. they have often talked about wanting to get into Amazon. I typically tell them don't do it because I'll say you're basically <laughs> undercutting yourself if you're doing it. Like, for example, if you sell your product and it's it truly is a unique product, it's not a garlic crusher or a yoga mat, yeah. it's not something that can be easily copied or remanufactured, then I think if you put that on Amazon, you're basically screwing yourself over because you're giving sort of Amazon your business. They're going to take a cut. They're going to undercut you. And one of the predatory things that Amazon does that people don't realize is let's say you get really successful with a product. Uh, they're just going to steal your idea oh my and God, call it an Amazon Basics will. brand. And then they're going to put their Amazon Basics top of the listing. Like they're not going to let oh, you gain their system for too long. So oh, you're basically sealing your own doom if you do that. Right. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, kind of. Hold on. Right, you're you're leaving a lot. so so when you go on Amazon, uh, if we want to let's start out with adding more negatives. You're also leaving more money on the table. You're also telling Amazon here's fifteen percent, and also let me give yeah. you all this money for ads, and you're making less money than you would through through your e-commerce website. What I will say though is Amazon is a fantastic customer acquisition tool, and then if you can from there send people out to um to your e-commerce and use it as like a like in that direction, um then you're you're crushing it because then you have access to like the biggest marketplace on the planet and then going like all right when people bought this product you know i didn't make any money on, on it but if it's a recurring purchase every time they make it on my website i'll make more money how do i get them on that like there's there's that sort of flow where it's like just go on amazon don't expect to make money is my like my ideal my ideal client because i also run still some clients even though i'm doing something mm -hmm. else now mm -hmm. uh, my ideal client is someone that goes hey man i don't want to make money on amazon I just need to get a bunch of customers. And it's like, yes, we understand the game. Let's get that rank one. Let's go. Okay. Like, and let's get people onto your e-commerce site. Which do you get any of the, the lists? Do you get any of the data? Do they let you get anything like emails or do they keep that all no. from you? No, not at all. It sucks. But what we do yeah. a lot is, um, for example, you can do inserts, right? And say like, hey, you can buy it on my website. Or you can do- Which we've seen, like, yeah. Yeah, which by the way, Amazon is completely against. So 
who who are we doing this for? I'm not telling you, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I see those inserts on everything about. It. It's like if you have a problem, do not tell Amazon. Do not, yeah, do not email leave us. A review. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you do, get in touch with us directly. Yeah, exactly. But um, also things like make sure your website is SEO optimized or make sure your website is a lower price than than Amazon and so on. Mm. But I want to touch, Ross, I want to go back to another thing that you were talking about. Because, oh my God, you touched on something that is so, so interesting to me. And it sounds like a meme when you go opportunity is everywhere. But I've been around on this planet for 31 years. I've been conscious on this planet for like five years because honestly, I was useless before I was 25. Like completely, sure. complete, yeah, just bozo. I'm still useless, so yeah, you're I mean, ahead of me. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, you know, like I wasn't, I don't even remember my pre-25 life. And I've seen already so many gold rushes. Yeah. I got to experience 2016 crypto and 2017 crypto, right? Like, and then the downfall in 2018 crypto. I've gotten to experience the Amazon rush because I got into Amazon like seven years ago. I'm now seeing the AI rush and you're seeing, can, like you you touched on all of these. Like I'm not, you know, like I'm not stealing your idea. I just want to, I love this topic, which is the FOMO is so hard. Like right now, you know where I'm living? And this is something that uh, most people aren't even on. Mexican Amazon is Amazon seven years ago. And that's, this is this is my vibe right now. And this is what I'm dedicating my life to. And hopefully the next 10 years go crazy. But gold, like what we're seeing is this, like every couple of years, industrial revolution level of cash, just like creation. Mm. It's like, hey, by the way, now you have a lawyer and a personal assistant and everything you need on chat GPT. All right. Exactly. All right, cool. That's amazing. How am I going to leverage this? Yeah. Like for me, I'm like, I've missed so many gold rushes. Like I said, I I bought $150 Bitcoin and then gambled it away, mm -hmm. right? Like I, 2017 crypto, I actually, I stopped that because of my mental health because I was going crazy. Um, Amazon, again, like I made money. I should have made 10 times more. And right now I'm on the, I'm not on the AI train. I'm on the Mexican Amazon train right now because that's what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. But um, now it's like, all right, like, the FOMO is there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, man, I can't drop, I can't drop the bag again. So I don't know. I just think it's so interesting when we're speaking specifically, like, you know, like we're uh, beating the often path. Like, it's like when you're walking and finding these opportunities and you really get to know a market or like an industry in depth and you start finding these opportunities, you start making your own path. Right. And you start saying, hey, I can walk this way. I can take this gamble. Like right now, my business, I'm like, I mean, I'm getting paid now. Fine, whatever. But like the idea is I'm gambling possibly the next two years of my life walking this sort of like path that I'm making. Um, worst case scenario, I get it. To, I get to the end of the two years and go, well, that was a dud. Sure. Right. But best case scenario, I was like, oh, that was a good gamble. That was a great gamble. Cool. And now I get to, like you said chill and then get paid and then not do anything <laughs> which right. is, i think Let's i think start. that's why we all do this <laughs> so i don't know i just i'm just so i just love this topic of like finding the extra opportunities right and like finding these gold rushes that are now consistently happening which is scary yeah, for sure well the reason that i wanted you on the show and what i wanted to talk about is because 
It's no secret that having Zoom podcasts, like doing this, it doesn't perform very well in the video world because we're not face-to-face. -face. And yeah. oftentimes people have said, why don't you do an in-person? I'm based just outside of Los Angeles. So I'm in the film capital of the world. Yeah. Um, it would be very easy for me to have guests in this little studio yeah. or to do more in-person interviews. But the problem is I never wanted to limit myself and the people that I was talking to to just the people who happened to be in my geographical area. Right. That's the trouble. Yeah. Like if somebody's got a great idea in China or Japan or Armenia or in Mexico City or Guadalajara, uh, I want to be able to talk to that person. And, you know, it's not like it's maybe not realistic for me to say, hey, you got to get on a flight and come join me here just for, the, <laughs> for this stupid thing. You know, um, oh my God. but but one of the things, you know, we know the, these technological waves and we know, OK, these things are coming. AI is coming. Other, th you know, it's going to revolutionize everything. But you represent an angle that few people are thinking about, which is diversification of markets and going into a different place. And as Markets that we're in get more mature and more saturated. This is everything. YouTube was a huge opportunity in 2007, and now it's full of content. Yeah. Same with podcasts. Same with everything. We, we blast it, and then we just see, oh, TikTok has a billion creators. It's not the opportunity it was six years ago when there weren't so many creators. Yeah. And people kind of get stuck, and they get hit on that wall. But the fact of the matter is a lot of the real smartest people are taking their content and they're repurposing it for different markets. Like Mr. Beast, one of the most popular YouTube, or maybe the most popular YouTuber, he has another channel, Mr. Beast Espanol, yes. where everything is dubbed into Spanish, right? Yes. That's a huge, like he can double his views by doing nothing else than translating his videos into other languages. Yes. Same with a lot of the SEO guys out there. It's like, oh, my blog has reached the max. I have a million in traffic for SEO in English. But what about in uh, in Japanese, what about in Spanish? What about in all these other languages of the world? That's a huge opportunity. So I love the idea that you you took this thing that was maybe blown up here and you found it in Mexico. So talk to me, where did you live before you moved to Guadalajara oh, and man. why did you physically move? Oh man, this one's rough. Uh, <laughs> I lived in 10 countries before I moved back. Um, I'm, so I'm Mexican, I was born in Mexico. Um, when I was two and a half years old, I got yoinked just straight, just let's go, we're moving. Then the tour was El Salvador, Colombia, um, came back for a little bit, went to the States, went to Cuba. Um, this is all because of my dad's work. Like, it's not like I wasn't a very, you know, adventurous two-year-old. Like, I was just uh, taken. Then I was in Mexico for a bit again, and then I flew out and I did Switzerland, Romania, Germany, the UK, and Indonesia before coming back, right? So what was it like having an, uh, an international spy as a father? So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would have been, that would have been very cool. Um, well, you know, the Aston, the Aston Martin was really cool. Yeah. The ejector seats were just like, oh, a big, man. It was, it's so yeah, dangerous. Especially in Romania. <laughs> no, it was like, so uh, what I realized is it does give you a lot of per perspective of like how other people do things. Um, and you're talking about geographic locations. Uh, it's, it's, I came back to Mexico six, seven years ago and the traffic was so bad. And I was like, why don't we have motorcycle taxis? What, what are we doing? And people are like, what's that? I'm like, you like, it's like an Uber, but just a bike shows up and they give you a little hairnet and a helmet. They never had the hell the hairnets. They never did, but they were supposed to. You hop on the back and it just drives you. You, you, you know, go cut right through traffic. People are like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm like, yeah, and if I had, you know, a couple million bucks, I would absolutely execute it. 
I don't. So, um, but yeah, I saw that in Indonesia and it was just the easiest way to move around things. And it was like this sort of just opening the panorama to like, because it's not like I'm smarter for it. I just got to see what other people, how they solved the issue. And I just like, my idea was just yoink it from them, right? Like this is, this is, I mean, a big part of human advancement is just yoinking. But, yeah, um, for sure. But I think just moving around it does kind of give you like access to more ideas. Um, Absolutely. So I come back to Mexico and I'm like, people are like, wait, you buy on Amazon? Does it get to your house? And I'm like, I've been buying my toilet, pa toilet paper in Amazon <laughs> since 2011 or 12. Like, what are you talking about? Does it get to packages your house? a day showing up. <laughs> Seriously. Each individual toothbrush. Seriously. Like, it's almost box. like every dollop of, of, uh, of the toothpaste comes individually wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> um, Why so, you? so I come to Mexico and it's like this, this feeling of, uh, wow, there's just so much stuff that we're not doing. And I went back to the UK a couple of years ago. Everything was contactless. I'm like, I was giving people cash and they were like looking at me like I had, you know, like, like I was contagious or something. Um, and uh, in Mexico, we're just starting to get contactless going, right? And we probably got a couple of years. So just being around the world like helps you with that. Specifically now, I was just like, uh, hey, let's start an agency here in Mexico. And then people were just rude to me. And I was like, I don't mm. like this. And then I look at the market and it's pretty empty. And, you know, I'm just like, what if I just become a seller on Amazon in Mexico? Mm. Um, and it's working wonders because honestly, like basically what I do is I bring other people's brands in, like foreign mm. brands into Mexico because mm -hmm. I'm tired of like being on TikTok, finding brands that I look really good. And then they're like, not doesn't ship to your country. Yeah. Um, but just when I tell people this, I'm like, oh, I've just, you know, I import, I distribute, I get all the whatever that needs to happen. And then I sell on Amazon. They're like, and do people actually buy? I'm like, oh, I'm early. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm early. Like, let's go. Like, so That's it's very amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what was it like to have uh, an international super spy as a father? Well, it clearly yeah. gave me a leg up in some capacity, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you uh, just reminded me of that video. Did you see that video doing the rounds the last couple of weeks of, a, of, of an elderly British man in a grocery store? And he has some physical change. And he's like, I'm putting two pounds on the counter and I'm <laughs> buying these strawberries. And they're like, sir, you can't do that. He's like, I'm giving you money for strawberries. And they're like, they look at him like he's an alien. They're just like, ah. oh my God, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it. And then what he storms out. It, like paying with cash was an act of defiance for this man. So I have not uh, spent much time in the UK, but it appears they don't like cash too much. And even some stores forbid it, I guess, which is kind of a bizarre concept in and of itself. It's so bad. It's so uncomfortable. Weird. Like, um, mm. yeah, I went back a couple of years ago and like, I mean, you're, I'm an international trial. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not in the UK. I'm not, I'm not about this like international credit card fee every single purchase that I make. So I just got out a bunch of cash. Yeah. And then like a friend of mine was like, oh, I'll get the round. I'm like, all right. She goes, gets all the pints. She comes back. I try to pay her back. She goes, that's disgusting. I'm like, <laughs> disgusting. she literally you just went, that's disgusting. Me. What is that in your hand? And I was like, I'm sorry. You monster. <laughs> Seriously. 
Um, but but you know you're you're so right because you bring up an interesting point. There's books I've actually talked about this in the past, but that guy who made Tom's shoes. I don't know if you're familiar with Tom's shoes. Yes, Blake yes, Mikoski. Yes. He has a book called Start Something That Matters, and it's it's the same old story. He was down in Argentina and he saw a kind of shoes that a lot of people were wearing, and he's like, oh, those look comfortable. So he brings them back to the United States, and that's how Tom's is born. Really huge. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Wow, yeah, he I had no shoes idea. Just in Argentina, but it's the same thing with uh, with Nike. The founder of Nike did the same thing. You know, he took an international trip. He traveled around the world. He went to Japan, and he found this shoe. And he found this shoe company. And he convinced them that he had a shoe company in the United States. He didn't, <laughs> but he convinced them. He somehow got a meeting with them I had to no sell the idea. Onitsuka Tiger. And uh, and that's the beginning of, of Nike. So there's uh, many entrepreneurial stories begin by traveling to another country and just bringing something back. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the entirety of human advancement has just been yoinking. Like one guy, right. one like one person comes up with an idea and then everyone else goes, can I, uh, can I make money off of that? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, what if I take it to like the States? Oh, what if I... Dude, yeah. it's like this old, you know, the old memes back when app, oh, apps, like tech, another giant gold rush that happened within our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and there was a time where it was like, oh, I got an idea. It's like Tinder for cats. And it's like, <laughs> that's yes. a garbage idea. What are you talking about? But again, like we just, yeah. someone comes up with an idea. We come up with a million variations of it. And then yeah. like the ones that survive were the really good ones. Like Uber, is Uber really an incredible groundbreaking idea? Or is it just cabs? Or is it just cabs where it's easier to get one? Yes. And is that that impressive? Mm. You know? I mean, it certainly so, was in the time, of course. The yeah, first I mean, time absolutely. I ordered an Uber, it blew my mind. Because blink, and then it's just on the way. So, yeah, the, the inefficiency there was just that ordering cabs sucked. And, and actually, yeah. since then, I have tried to order a cab. And it was... Very difficult. That's so bad. Oh my it god! Me, and they're rude. I was on hold forever. I, I tried to order a cab in advance on the phone. I was on hold for a long time, and I said, "I need to be at the airport. Can you be at my house at four a.m. tomorrow?" Nobody showed up. They said <laughs> and, yes, and nobody showed up. They're like, I, "Yep, confirmed." Four a.m. Nobody and showed up. And I, I don't know how it is in L.A., but here, like meters never work. It's just like, oh. it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like oh, I guess I'll charge you, you know. Two hundred dollars, and you're like, "Is that? I don't trust you." But they're like, "Well, dude, then walk. <laughs> you go yeah. fine, just whatever. Like I'm screwed." And I'll, I'll, we're joking around a lot, but um, I do want to say, um, this isn't a bad thing. Um, I I think we all run into this. Like, is my idea just? Is it derivative? Do yeah. I have just? Who cares? Like, this is how progress is made. Like, I think we all. Everyone wants to be groundbreaking. Everyone mm. wants to be like, I'm going to have Amazon started out as just a bookshop online. Right. That's not that interesting. It's like, oh, now like you can you can get your your books and then you don't have to walk to Barnes and Noble, right? Or drive because there's no walking yeah. in the States. Yeah. But um, is that necessarily a bad thing? Should you, do you feel bad? Should you feel imposter syndrome? No, no. Just don't put that pressure on yourself, man. Like, and I mean, I, I keep going back to the beaten path, like taking a millimeter of a of a, of a di like of a divergence of like just parallel, just a little bit, you know, adjacent. 
is already so much more interesting and you're already mm -hmm. doing so much that it's like uh, the second you're off script things are harder like yeah. don't put the pressure on yourself to be like well but it's not revolutionary who cares mm -hmm. hey i started a new amazon agency and my twist is that i don't know like i got really good at brand analytics sick you're gonna find your niche because like no one's doing mm. that exact one little thing mm. don't don't feel bad about it like i don't know i think at least maybe i'm projecting i just tend to have this feeling of like like i keep saying my business isn't revolutionary right i just distribution has been around since the silk road and even before that right like right. let me go buy some spices in india and sell it to europe like is that a huge like, is, is it now, like, thousands of years later, is that an, a, a hugely, like, progressive business model? No, mm. it's the exact same thing. Bring things into Mexico and sell them. Mm. But I, I found, like, this tiny yeah. twist, and it's more fun. And you're it's, right. Yeah, sorry. No, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's one of the themes on this show as we approach 200 episodes of doing this is what is an idea, especially in the world of entrepreneurship, where you yes. got to dedicate your life to something, you know, when is an idea an idea? When is it worth pursuing? When is it worth going all in on? When is it worth just dedicating a little bit of your time to it? I think this, that's a huge question that nobody really has the answer to, especially people who aren't yet entrepreneurs, but are entrepreneur curious, if you will, they're thinking yeah. about what to do. Like what is, what is enough and how many of the biggest ideas that are out there today would have been passed by by people who aren't yet entrepreneurs because they're not interesting enough and i fall into that category i'm not saying this about other people i'm saying this about myself sometimes i'll interview somebody they have a hundred million dollar company and it's like doing what <laughs> you just yeah. how oh is that an God, idea yes. oh my and God, it is yes. an idea apparently it's so simple oh i love that i love that so much that happens i mean <sighs> Like, I think there's two types of markets. Like we said, we're talking saturated on saturated markets. Saturated markets come down to execution. Just 100%. Listen, I got to be better than the next guy. And what I call them after yeah. years of, of uh, online gaming is a PvP market where the pie mm. isn't growing and you're just against your competition. And there's other right. markets where it's like um, growing, expanding, and the, the pie is growing, so to speak. And we're going after us growing piece of the pie and things are easier. I think an idea is just something that takes you from a PVP market to an expanding pie market, right? Mm -hmm. It's just something that allows you to have the leeway to make mistakes. Like, uh, so, uh, that's a great analogy. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're, when, if I want to start a landscaping business, bro, that is so hard. Are you kidding me? There's yeah. so many landscapers and everyone's like fighting over quotes and like, yeah. I want to start a la uh, landscaping business, but my customer support is really, really good. So mm -hmm. now my edge is that I get to retain clients better than most. All right, cool. Yeah. That allowed you, you bought yourself a little bit of leeway to make a little bit more mistakes. Sure. That's it. That's it. You, yeah. you did something a little bit different. And by the way, if everyone's like, oh, the landscaping business already has great customer. I don't know. I'm not in landscaping. It was an example. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um, the internet is mean oh um, my God, yes but so how do you feel you said in two years you, you you don't fully know this is an experiment that you're taking you're maybe gambling two years of your life yeah uh how does it feel so far do you feel awesome. like you're onto something what is the did you notice immediately that when you started doing it 
signs were positive or that you felt like you were on the right track? Crazy. It's so good. Um, okay. Look, I'm going to be real. I'm so happy with my business model. I'm so happy with what we're doing. We spent a year setting up um, legal garbage, bureaucratic garbage, importing garbage, all of these things. I say garbage. It's my job. But um, everything that needed to happen for us to be able to legally import and get permissions and blah, 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 blah. And then we went to market and the response was overwhelmingly positive, like to the point where for the first couple of months, the main uh, source of like holdback was me or like my, my team. It was like literally just like, bro, people are throwing their money at us and we are dropping the ball. Um, mm -hmm. We literally need more hats on deck, like had to hire, had to be like, it feels good. We had a meeting with uh, a higher up in uh, above somewhere. <laughs> we had a meeting with a higher up at Mercado Libre, at Mercado Libre, which is a uh, massive. Uh, it's it's bigger than Amazon here in Mexico. Okay. And he was like, "Bro, you're onto something." And I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" Like that felt so good to get that validation oh. for someone like, bro. I'm an artist. Like if you see, like I'm in my music studio. Like I, I it's it's like this constant <laughs> need for validation. Like the only reason I do this is so people clap at me, right? Yeah, so to sure. have someone just go like, "Hey, man, like you're you're doing something neat," felt incredible. Um, and now Q4 is wrapping up and uh, we didn't get to where we wanted to get, honestly. Um, but at this point, we just, we're setting up for, Q, for Q1 next year and we're setting up, you know, we have a bunch of contracts that we start executing on January 1st and we want to see, you know, 2024 really take off. Um, and just overwhelmingly, the response has been positive. Like I, I now have a very strong fear of, I have a really good idea. Don't drop the ball. Mm. And it's terrifying. Interesting. It's yeah. terrifying to be like, I already did the hard part mm. in theory, but I, I consider myself someone that's really, really good at ideas and problem solving and really bad at execution. Um, mm. I'm like, I, my entire life is just on meetings because I'm like, the yeah, second same. we get off this meeting, I'm not going to do the thing I told you I would do. Okay. <laughs> so <it was> like, <laughs> Note to self, don't yeah. ask for anything. Seriously, like I need to be in the meeting and say, all right, I'm doing it right now. And then, all right, what are the blockers? What are the stoppers? Like, how can I help? Because listen, the second we get out of this, me? my cassette, like it's just, I'm a netch sketch. Right, it's it's gone. So, um, you know, like understanding those limitations is really important, making sure that I'm delegating everything that because I can't. But I've already done, I would say, like the hard part of having a really good idea, figuring out how to execute it. And now it's just a matter of figuring out how to not mess it up. Mm. It's a great feeling. Cool. It's a great That's feeling. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm having a good time. I'm not going to lie. So what is your approach? You go on TikTok. You said you find you find companies that you feel like don't ship. You, you search. You try to buy something. If they don't ship, you you call them up. Or how do you oh, get that new would be, clients? That would be so good. I'm look. I'm I I got a lot of social anxiety. Reaching out directly on LinkedIn and being like, hey, I would like to. Ooh, mm. that's terrifying. I let I mm. let my partners deal with that. They're they're mm. there's some mentality thing that I would say like a big excuse me a big difference between like Americans and Mexicans. Mm. Is that Americans are brought up with, and the the general term is American exceptionalism, right? Like the idea that like sure. every single person is great or whatever. What it does lead to is that uh, Americans in general are less afraid of people. Like they'll just go like, mm. hey, like I want to do business with you. And they go, no. And you go, all right, cool. That's fine. Whereas I yeah. go, hey, I want to do business with you. And they go, no. And I go, oh, I feel really bad now. 
<laughs> you know, like there's this like brazenness about about uh, like the cultural differences that is really nice. So I leave that to them. Um, what I do is I go on Amazon and I go, okay, what markets are exploding with very little competition? And then I reach out. Well, and then I pass the list to someone that will reach out, but then they'll go like, hey, man, uh, collagen. collagen. Bro, you, you, collagen's blowing up here in, in Mexico. There's like two brands and they suck at it. Send okay. me your collagen products and let me sell them. All right, cool. Wow. So um, that's how we're doing the outreach. Uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit difficult sometimes to sales because uh, it's an unproven market, right? Like Ross, you and I talk in a lot of the same terms. Um, it's an unproven market. Like the risk reward is, is really not there. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what we did. We said, all right, well, I can't really, I can help you with the reward because I'm really good at Amazon. But the, my primary like sort of value bringing is that the risk is so much lower. Because there is no business entity setup, there is no uh, regulations, there is no tax liability. They're like, listen, get me your boxes till Rado. Well, I'll figure it out. Get the like the time investment to figuring out these things. Is that really worth it? Like, do you want your executive team spending hundreds of man hours to go into a market you're really not sure is going to sell? No, just send it to me. I'll figure yeah. it out. That's where we're really happy with what we're doing. Um, well, that's cool. I have to take issue with what you just said, though, because uh, unlike most humans on this planet, I actually am exceptional. Um, so uh, I am fundamentally better Good. than other people. And, I can um, tell. You know, my my Americanism may be a part of that. I'm not sure. But I just know <laughs> that I, I'm better than everybody I meet. So just, I, you know, you know careful. What? I can tell. Careful insulting uh, people that you don't really know. Um, it's not. It's not a good look. Uh, oh. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah. So you're exploring cop uh, topics with very little competition. I think. But I think it is somewhat universal, though. The the fear of of reaching out. I think maybe in America you're sort of forced to put yourself out there a bit more because it's such a brutal and harsh place where money is such a <laughs> such an important thing yeah. as things get more and more expensive it's almost like you have your back against the wall so you don't really yeah. have a choice but to reach out i think a lot of people feel that you can get pretty brave when there's a gun to your head so to speak um and i think it's because there's good, no yeah. safety net you know there's no safety net and there's no there's the the, the failure possibility is always looming yeah. so large over i think most americans you know especially like will i have health care for my family or a roof right but I think that anxiety is something that a, a, a lot of people feel. And for me, I wouldn't say that I have like a fear of reaching out to people on LinkedIn in that way, but I get so many spammy incoming messages on LinkedIn every day. And I have a hatred of wanting to be that guy. That's yes. something that I don't want. Like, so like oh, hey, like, hey, Ramiro, I don't know anything about you or your company or anything about you, but hey, like, let's get on a Zoom meeting and let me sell you something. I hate that. I can't do that either. I wouldn't do that. And I wouldn't so have somebody bad. else do that on my behalf. So, oh my God. Yes. Oh, it's, it's that. It's the shame. It's the, like the, the, yeah. I don't want to be rude. Like I, right. like, I'm sorry. Don't message me on LinkedIn and send me a pair, like a, a, an essay. Like, how dare you? I'm yes. never going to read this. So I don't want right. to be that guy. I don't want to, cause it's rude. Like what I'm expecting you, like we're marketers. You know that like the main yeah. thing is like what value am I providing to the people that are watching? Like that is number one. Like I, I like yep. if I'm not providing any value to you, I should not expect you to watch my video. I should not expect you to right. like, yep. click, subscribe, whatever, you know, you're you're expecting depending on the platform. Yeah. Um 
On LinkedIn, it's like, hey, I want to sell you something. And I don't care how mutually beneficial it is. You never get it across right. No, 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 you can't. It's impossible. And and here's a tip for people who are thinking about reaching out on LinkedIn. If anybody, for the audience who might want to reach out on LinkedIn, here's a tip for you. Don't reach out and say, I'm researching companies like yours, or I've worked with companies like yours, or I benefit companies like yours. Every time I get something like that, I just want to shut that down so fast because, yep. first of all, that sends a message that the person you're talking to isn't unique or special yes. or different. Second of all, it sends a message that you haven't done any research, right? So instead of saying, I, I've worked with companies like yours, better to say, I am interested in you for these very yes. specific reasons that are related to you and what you're doing and what you're all about, that you actually care. If anybody showed even 5% care on a LinkedIn message, I might actually respond to them. But out of the hundreds I get, I would say 0.001% have even have anything beyond my first name if they have a first name to the degree of personalization that they've got, right? Oh my God. I love that so much because you know, okay, so one time completely, complete woof, 180, but kind of on the yep. same route. I was on my way. I was out, you know, like I was on the street, whatever, just hanging out. Can't remember the context. And some guy comes up to me and he goes, instead of going like, hey, man, I have a really soft story. I have no money. He just went, bro, I, I was drinking, spent my last money on the drinks. Do you have a couple bucks so I can get on the bus? I was like, yes, that's thank you for your honesty. Here you go. Go off. Get on. You know, you got this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same feeling of like link, really effective LinkedIn messages that work on me. You just go, hey, dude, I like your I like your stuff. Can we chat? Yeah, right. totally. Don't make me read like, you know, right. like a, a 15 page essay. Like Ugh. when I've done some LinkedIn outreach, it has literally been, hey man, I found your company, looks pretty sick. I think you could do really well in Mexico. Uh, let's chat. And if they don't reply, yeah. they didn't reply, but it feels honest, right? Like right. it feels, feels genuine. And at least that way you're being respectful of people's time. That's so powerful. Oh my God. So what is the what do they hope to get out of it? So let's say I'm a company and I'm selling a Chivas de Guadalajara jerseys, bootleg, of course, unlicensed. <laughs> and I've got a I'm making a killing in the United States, but I'm not selling them in uh, Mexico. Um, what do you tell me? What is the model? So I send a box to Laredo. You said I, I send some stuff over. Do you take a percentage or like what is the model? Yeah, we take so Yeah, I mean, this is a big thing, right? Like we had to do consignment because when you're looking at the purchasing power in Mexico, I can't be up charging 40% like for distributor prices. Like, cause you know what that happens? I, I'm never getting off the third page of Amazon. So we do consignment to lower our risk so we can then pass that saving to the consumer. Like it's not about our clients. Like, honestly, it's about the consumer. I'm a very consumer facing person more than anything. Mm. Um, and I'll like, it just made sense to make it easier for them. If they make it easier for them and cheaper for them, then you're going to do better. Um, and we'll, we'll charge you a setup fee to make sure that we're getting, you know, the approvals in place. We're getting the, like a lot of the bureaucratic stuff. And from then on out, man, it's just literally, we do the marketing, we do the design, we do the everything because it's in our best interest. Like my goal is to be the number one seller in Mexico. And like, that's it. Like that's, there is no two ways about it. Um, and Mexican consumers love American brands, love, you know, there's a feeling of trust. Um, there's a feeling of like, uh, of like, this is not a scam. Mm. Um, and yeah, we do, we put in all the legwork. Like it's literally just, 
we'll do market research. We'll say, hey, okay, man, this product will or won't work for the country. Like we're, we very, we turn away a lot of people just because, I mean, you run, you, you work with Amazon clients. Like I do too. Like, I don't want people mad at me. Like I straight up don't <laughs> like, mm. it's so exhausting where yeah. it's like your sales are up 115%, you know, like quarter over quarter. And they're like, yeah, but like, what about the reporting? And you go, oh, dude, like, don't. So, <laughs> so like the big mantra is like, we want to make it a win-win, make it like only have people that aren't going to be upset with us. Um, and then we do all the legwork, man. Like, you, all you got to do is read the contract, be okay with the contract, sign the contract, uh, send me your HS codes if you have them, if you've already exported. If not, we'll do that. We'll include it in the setup fee. Send it to Laredo, Texas. We palletize with all of our clients like just to get it across the border in, in a cheaper way. We pass on all the costs. We take a percentage of gross. You're selling in Mexico within two weeks, man. Like it's wow. kind of a like it's kind of a gross business model and how smooth it works. Like it's kind of nasty how proud I am of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. It's fun. It's fun. And then, you know, we have, we're Amazon experts, right? And like we have a team, like we build it out. We built it all up internally, Amazon, Mercado Libre, Walmart. Um, mm. and we just have a team of people watching over brands and making sure that everything's growing and having a good time and making sure that we're good with like, inventory and reporting and all these things and now it's just a matter of scaling so amazing so do yeah. you have one store or do you create a separate store for every other people you we work have multiple stores but okay. not on a per client basis but rather right. just like it's a diversity or something i mean you know what this is amazon will suddenly go hey your account we're not we're not liking we're not, you know i'm not vibing with this account what if we just uh suspend you and I'm like, well, I can't have, you know, hundreds of products suspended. So then we said, let's make a, a bunch of accounts. We were like, look, we got to diversify. We can't have a single bridge because then the second that blows up, we can't cross the river. So to have a bunch of them, chuck, you know, like a couple of like 10, 15 clients per account. And then there's a, there's a way in Mexico that you can just make multiple business entity under a single one. And it just, it's all bureaucratic garbage. <laughs> But no, yeah, yeah. But that's we the important multiple. stuff. Yeah, we have multiple seller accounts. That's the basis of life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because this- That's awesome, man. This is a constant question. Like, what happens if your account gets suspended? I'm like, oh, don't worry. We just put you on a different one. Like, we're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've spoken like a true marker. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you been like, dude, can we just- How likely is it? Can we just make a new ASIN? Do you have more UPCs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First review, one star. That's, you're like, well, my job sucks now. <laughs> you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Fantastic. fantastic. So you said you're gambling your life two years. Um, you know, what would you do after two years if the experiment proves, not that I think that it won't, but what what would you do after two years if it's not going the way you want? Uh, start a new business, but instead of bootstrapping it, get funding yeah. and just make it easier. Like there's a, such a greedy play. Like when we have like, such a great idea and we're going nah man like we're gonna make the whole thing ours and like honestly either that or take look when you're really good at amazon you have this you have jobs like flying at you like it this is right now like and i'm sure this happens like people are reaching out and going hey man do you want to work and i'm like no like thank you but maybe in the future so um i don't know i try not to think about it i uh sure of course I'm just like, this This has to work because it's two years of my yeah. life. I only get like 70 of them. Like, <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. So I don't know. I hope, I hope it works out. 
but um mexico's cheap to live in i'll i'll figure something out <laughs> very cool well it's a fascinating um, concept i really appreciate you sitting down and, and sharing your your jokes and your humor and uh also your concept i think there's something to it for those who have been paying attention for the last hour um before we uh, cut it off since i know you have forty thousand more oh meetings God, yes. to get to after oh, that tell me uh where can people find more about your business? Because I now I now think like we might be sparking the trend of people who are like, I'm gonna do Amazon and Mexico. <laughs> so watch out the flood, oh my God. floodgates I, are open. Hey, hey. But where can they find you, support you, uh, look at what you're doing and I legally have to say you're not allowed to copy my idea if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Great. Scout's Listen, on it. Oh my god, Scout's on it. Um so my company is called Go Avance. Avance is A V A N C E. Um, why did we come? We came up with that name before we could even know how to pronounce it because it means avance in Spanish means progress. Um, terrible decisions, but you know, this is the whole thing don't take it too seriously, just like do right by people, right? Um, not things like names. Goavance.com, you can find my calendar open if you click the contact us page. Uh, it's it always goes to me. Um, you can send us an email or you can info at Goavance is me also. Um, yeah, cool. I just I have the hubris to have my calendar open and just let anyone boop, get a hold of me. Uh, wow. But it's a bold move in this day and age, yeah. right? But I got to make sure, like, I, I, you know, this, Ross. Like, you, 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 you've done this for a while. You look at Amazon, you go, "This is going to work. This is not going to work." You have that, like, sort of like gut feeling developed, and it's. Uh, yeah. I trust my gut to. I mean, on the call, be like, "Look, I'm gonna look into it, but I don't think this will work." Or I'm gonna mm. look into it, but I actually think this might be a slam dunk. Um, so I, I'd rather be the one having those conversations cause I trust my gut, you know? Yeah. And you have to, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Sometimes when I have client calls, you just know right away. Every time I haven't listened to my gut, it's turned out it's bad. It's turned out bad. hundred, a hundred percent of the time. Every time I do things generally tend to work out. If you get that little voice, that's like, I don't think so. It's probably not going to yeah. work. And, and I've, I mean, I'll, op I'll admit I've been wrong plenty of times, but, um, mm. like, but more often than not, it's been a, like a positive, like it's been good odds to listen to my gut. I've been like, this product could never sell two years later, half a million in sales a month. And I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, just get a hold of me, man. Anyone that's interested, just just like reach out, send a message to Alaska, LinkedIn, whatever. We'll chat. We'll figure it out. Cool. And then we'll figure out if it works for you or who doesn't. Worst case scenario, Sounds you good, worst, worst case scenario, you go, well, I don't think Mexico's for me, and that's fine. So yeah. Yep. I've seen that tourism commercial from Mexico. <laughs> I don't think Mexico's for me. <laughs> oh, should we just leave it on that? was a great joke. I, that was that was a great oh my god. That was great. Uh, Visit Mexico or don't. Or don't. Your choice. Uh yeah. Uh, you know, really it's up to you. <laughs> There's a lot of places you can go. Uh, thanks, Ramiro. It, it's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I think it's super cool. Great business idea. You're a very cool person. Um, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate having you on. And uh, with that, for real this time, the official podcast is now over. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Do you want to sell a bunch of crap on Amazon now or have you been scared away? Either way, I appreciate you taking the time to listen and to make it all the way to the end of the episode. Again, if you like this show, consider rating it five stars, leave a positive review, and as always, share this episode with somebody who might enjoy it. Thank you for being a supporter of the Beat the Off and Path podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next week.